0: Welcome to another episode of Exploring the Seasons of Life, a podcast for women with a big heart on a spiritual journey. I'm your host, Cindy McMillan, and I'm joined today by Rosemary Brocco. Today, we're chatting about breathwork and the benefits of breathwork. Each week, I interview coaches and spiritual explorers from all walks of life about beginnings, endings, and the messy bits in between self-love, well-being and mindset are at the heart of our conversations because once you change the inside, the outside will begin to change as well. Rosemary Bracco is a breathwork and consciousness specialist. She helps individuals access and dissolve unconscious blockages and traumas while simultaneously tapping into the superconscious so that we can be guided by intuition and actually live as the people we imagine ourselves to be. Please help me welcome my guest, Rosemary Brocco. Welcome to the show, Rosemary. I'm so honored you're here.
1: Hi, Cindy. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here.
0: I I told you before I hit the record button. I'm so interested in breath work, so I'm just eager to hear everything that you've got to say. I want to start off, though, with my... Signature question, and that is, what does exploring the seasons of life mean to you personally or in your business?
1: So when I think of seasons, I mean, when you first hear seasons of life, everyone kind of thinks, you know, maiden mother crone, right? Um, But if you really think about it, when we talk about seasons, we're talking about birth and, and death, right? It's a, it's a growing and a shedding and a growing and a shedding. And, you know, I, I often, I'm, I often say to people like, I, I feel like I've lived like a million lifetimes in one lifetime. You know, if you think back to when you were in high school or grammar school, or it's like that was so long ago. At the same time, you can close your eyes and go back there. So I totally get the concept of there is no time, right? Because you can go in your mind and be anywhere at any time. Um, but I think it's that transition, that shedding of things and then reawakening, Of things. And of course we have them in our lives. And and I think that they're, they're layered because like you, you can think of a relationship and there's a season of being in a relationship and not being in that relationship. But within that relationship, while that relationship is still, you're still in it, there are seasons even within that relationship. So it's this like layered pattern of growth and letting go and uncovering new parts of yourself we're so aligned with nature if anybody who has looked into astrology um any further than just your horoscope it's so easy to see how closely knit we are we're we're a piece of nature you know we're a piece of that so we run those cycles as well and to me that's that's what the seasons of life means
0: Rosemary, I love that. And I also love when you say, talked about it being layered, because that is the absolute truth. I often say, I feel like I have lived, you know, many lives. And sometimes I feel that in a week. <laughs> Just because of right, all the right. changes that we go through. So
1: thank right. you for and sharing that. And in nature They happen, you know, every single year. It's not like they happen once in a lifetime. It's a constantly changing thing.
0: Absolutely. You know, just I'm here in Florida, and it's been very, very hot. Well, I, after this afternoon around five-ish, all of a sudden it got very cold, to me now, very cold. And I'm like, what's going on here? This is Florida. (laughs)
1: Even Florida has changes of season. Might be That's, on the same day, but it's still there.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> yep. When I was
0: I was doing some research around breath work, it said there's evidence of breathwork that dates back to twenty seven hundred BC in China and three thousand BC in India. And I just found that fascinating.
1: It is. It is. Um, we have been being, quote, I'm doing air quotes, told for a very long time that the breath is something very spiritual. You know, it's prana. It's life force. It's it's, it's chi. It is. And we have been t- told that time and time again, that if we can tap into the breath, that it is a connection to spirit, to Whatever we were before and whatever will be again, and whatever is you know big spirit, that the breath is a doorway and a connection to that.
0: I would love for you to talk about breath work, but in terms of what led you to this healing modality, was there something that happened in your life or or what what got you interested in it?
1: Absolutely. Um, so when, I mean, I grew up in a regular, you know, what would appear to be an average middle-class house. We had family dinner together. We went camping and skiing and we were a family and I sort of in the background from a very young age, was struggling. I, I had nightmare. I people, you know, it's funny. People are into lucid dreaming now and trying to learn how to lucid dream. I was lucid dreaming when I was four because I had such bad nightmares. And my mother would always say, it's just a dream. It's just a dream that I would bring my mother saying, it's just a dream into the dream and then wake up in the dream. Um, and, trouble sleeping, migraines. By the time I was 10 years old and I had no idea why, I would pray for the strength to kill myself. So I had a lot of stuff going on that I didn't know where it was coming from. And then at about 18, 19 years old, I had fragmented memories come up of repressed abuse. And this was my introduction to consciousness and the subconscious mind. And this was something I had absolutely no recollection of whatsoever. And then at 18, 19, all of a sudden, I know it's true. And then I had, you know, just fragmented memories coming back to me. And it was like, holy cow, like there was no internet, then there was no I had no one to, to tell me anything about it, but I knew from my own experience, like, oh my God, this is what's wrong with me. This is why I've been feeling all these things that I'm feeling all my life. It comes from there. There's stuff trapped in there. I need to get to that stuff that's trapped in there. But again, there was no internet. There was no way, you know, I my mom brought me to a therapist. It didn't really do, the therapist couldn't get me into my subconscious mind. And so I didn't know how to actually, because just remembering isn't enough to heal it. Yes, there's a relief that comes with it, but it doesn't change all of the damage that it has done. So I didn't really know what to do with it. By the time I was like 20, I I was what I call paralyzingly shy. Like I I was was struggling internally a lot and I hit it really well, um, but it was a very difficult time. And the place that I got relief, this was the 90s, was doing the drug ecstasy and something happened when I was doing the drug where I saw the abuse from a different angle. I had this like spiritual perspective on it and I saw it in a different way and it was like this incredible healing experience plus when I was doing the drug all the fears that I had to talk about it or to tell anyone or any of that kind of went away. And I was able to do that, but I didn't have, you know, I'm doing it recreationally with a boyfriend. Like I don't have somebody who knows how to actually lead me through like what's going on. And I, and I remember my friends thought like I was crazy. Like I was just making an excuse to do drugs, but I was like, no, something, there's a healing space in there. Something happened in there and I need to get it. And I sort of chased That high for a few years. At the time, I'm originally from New York. My family had moved to Massachusetts, and I moved back to New York at 22. And my secret underlying reason was because I thought it was going to be easier to get ecstasy if I was in New York than if I was here. So I moved to New York, and of course, none of that goes well because you can't just escape or, you know, without the proper guidance none of that's going to turn out well. So I had, you know, I, I loved moving to New York and I loved living there. And there were aspects of my life that I really enjoyed, but I still had that underlying, like, there's a piece of me missing, like something is not right. There's a part of me that I want to get in touch with that I, that I can't get in touch with. I had like, I, I was only like at this point, 23, 24. I had like a trail of failed relationships behind me already. Like something, something was missing, and I started then getting into like yoga. Which my favorite part of yoga was breath work because I was like, oh, this reminds me of when I did drugs. Like it, I can feel that it's like it makes me feel a little bit high. I was, I never had like a, I was never addicted to drugs. I just, I did them until they didn't work and didn't feel good anymore. And then I didn't do them anymore. Um, so I got into yoga and I was reading all sorts of spiritual books. And at this time was like when the secret came out and I read the secret and like, I really started to be like, well, wait a minute, I can have, I can, I can, I can have what I want and I can do what I want with my life. And right before I was going to, um, do my yoga certification. My father got cancer and everything. It was like the straw that broke the camel's back. Everything kind of just shattered for me. Um, I stopped being able to like hold myself together. Like I just started isolating and things started. And I left New York and came back to Massachusetts and I was trying to hold it together, but I opened a yoga studio, but I was a disaster inside. And eventually it completely fell apart. I wound up claiming bankruptcy, being homeless, house hopping. And I don't want to glorify that because it's there's nothing glorifying about that. when you're when you're truly your security and safety is threatened in that way. It's a horrific thing to go to. But now being on the other side of it, I can say that it was that that forced me to get back to my original quest, which was how do I get into the subconscious mind? There is something there that I know that I need to address that I'm not reaching. How do I do it? And so I started studying and taking trainings and certifications, all any tool or technique that I heard that was like, Oh, this works on the subconscious mind. I'm like devouring it and, and learning it. And I was kind of moving forward, but not really. Like I still wasn't getting to where I needed to get to. And then I came across Ram Dass. Most people have heard of Ram Dass, which led me to Rick Doblin, which less people have heard of. But Ram Dass, when he when I started reading Ram Dass, and he's talking about the, the studies they did in the 60s wh- before LSD was made illegal and that they were using it to help people heal. And I'm like, oh, my God, these are doctors like... They know what I what I went through. They know what happened to me. They know that I'm like it was like, "Oh my god, see, I wasn't making it up. I wasn't just making an excuse to do drugs. Like something is was happening there." And Rick Dublin has actually since 1985 been the guy behind working on getting MDMA, which is the active ingredient ingredient in ecstasy legalized for the treatment of ptsd and trauma and all of these types of things um it's not it's every year it gets pushed back now it was supposed to be legalized in like 2020 then 21 now it's 2023. it just keeps getting pushed back but he's been working his butt off trying to get it legalized but of course i couldn't i didn't have access to any of these people like you can't just call up ram das and be like hey i need i need your help i need that thing especially when it's not legal. But I was desperate. So I called the therapist who I had an originally spoken to about the abuse, the fragmented memories that had come up and said, listen, will you sit? I'm going to buy this drug illegally. I have a little kit to test it, make sure it's the right thing. Will you sit with me? Because you have to have a sitter. And um, he didn't know anything about it. But I threw a whole bunch of stuff at him and he did a bunch of research he he basically did enough research to know she's not going to die no one has ever OD'd on this and died so he said yes I'll sit with you so I took the drug and while I was on it I talked about that there was another perpetrator of sexual abuse in my childhood Another thing, memory that I had no concept of, but I wasn't getting full memories. I just said it out of my mouth. I just verbalized it to him. So afterwards, he had no idea how to help me work with anything that went on in there. He wasn't trained in how to work with people who are on these drugs or do anything. And I wound up worse than I was before I did the drug. I eventually was diagnosed, um, with complex PTSD. It was, it was just a complete and utter, um, disaster. And I was like, I knew that what they did with it worked, but I had no one to help me integrate the things that I had found there. So I went back to, you know, what other tools can I use? Where, you know, what can I do? To drink. Meanwhile, I'm still homeless and house hopping and borrowing money from people just to try to find something to help me. So eventually my studies, now this is like weird divine timing thing because I wound up finding um, Stan Groff and his work and he was involved with all those people. He was like, these are the pioneers of using these types of drugs to work on and heal layers of your consciousness. And he was like one of the biggest pioneers. But for some reason, there was years between when I had first heard of this stuff, and when Stan came into my onto my radar. And what Stan did was they were all working with these drugs. And then the drugs were made illegal, even for them to study with these drugs. And so the work that they were doing was so powerful that Stan didn't want to give it up. So he found a way to use breath work to access the same states of consciousness that you access when you take these drugs so that he could continue to work with people. And so my very first session, it's a faster, deeper form of breath work. Um, and, it, and you listen to specific music while you're doing it that brings you into these deeper not they they call them non ordinary states of consciousness where you have access to the subconscious mind and the superconscious mind all these incredible spiritual mystical experiences and the very first time i did it i went right into a memory of the abuse and i it was it was crazy i relived it from multiple states of consciousness at the same time so i literally relived it as the four-year-old girl going through it. I also had my conscious mind there going, holy shit, like I can't believe that I'm in here and that this is, this is, you know, I'm reliving this and and healing this. And then there was this motherly aspect of me that was holding and healing and working with the four-year-old me who had lived through this abuse. And, you know, I'm crying my eyes out and I'm shaking and I'm like holding and cradling my pillow. And in my mind, I'm holding and cradling my four-year-old self. And I mean, that was it. I was, I was, I was hooked. I was like, finally, I mean, we're talking, this was decades of time that I had finally made it full circle to find the thing that could help me get in there. And I continued to practice and to use the breath work. And it's not only for working with trauma. Like I said, you can have these mystical. So I'm having all these different experiences while I'm in there. And my confidence is growing. And my symptoms are, are dissipating. And, and all of this stuff is happening. And I never looked back. I, I was like, that's it. I'm, I'm working with, with myself and with others. I had at this point been working as a coach with other people. And I was like, I'm only going to work in these non-ordinary states. And I actually wound up, I was trained in so many different tools and techniques at that point that I'm like, okay, what, which of those techniques, like, how can I merge this state of consciousness and what the breath work is bringing with these other tools and techniques that like, I got some results from, but weren't quite getting deep enough. And I started merging techniques. And I came up with a couple of techniques. And I've never looked back, like for myself, and the people that I work with, it's we we work in non ordinary states. And we work on those deeper subconscious and super conscious states in order to do the deeper healing.
0: You know, Rosemary, as I'm listening to you talk about this, you know, um, experience that you're having and holding the four-year-old and crying and actually like being in there, that is something that I think a lot of people want to be able to do and have no idea how to do it. Is that what you... Yeah, I think, um... I'm sorry, I was just going to say, is that what you coach and help people through?
1: It is. It is. Um, I do the breath work with people. And then I have worked um, a lot with people with trauma. And even before I found the breath work, the different techniques that I do, one of them brought people into a non-ordinary state, not quite in the same way, but it still brought them in there. And and without fail, every time I would ask people when they were finished working with me, you know, what did you, what was the, the most beneficial part of working with me. What do you wish was there? What do you, every single person across the board said, when you brought me into that state and we worked on things, that was the most amazing experience I've ever had. That was the most healing experience that I've ever had.
0: When you say not ordinary, what does that mean?
1: So it's that the conscious mind, it doesn't disappear, but it, it quiets. And these non ordinary meaning the the subconscious this the shadow side the stuff that we don't we're not walking around connected to in normal states of consciousness, and the superconscious, which is those spiritual states where, you know, anyone who's ever had a dream where a a loved one who has passed away has visited, it's those kind of states, or people who have near-death experiences, or people who are doing these drugs, ayahuasca, and all of those things, those states, of mind when you when you actually practice it's not even of mind because it's not in your brain it's of it's consciousness it's it's bigger than than our bodies it's bigger than we are when you go into those states on a regular basis, one, you start to clear out this crap that's in your way, that's causing problems in your life, in your relationship, in work, in in yourself internally, which was my biggest complaint, even though everything else was exploding in my life. It, I knew, I always knew somehow, even from when I was 18, that it was something was going on inside of me. So when you work in those states, you start to clear out the shadowy stuff and make space to bring the more spiritual, whatever you want to call it, your true self, your higher self, your inner intelligence, that starts to actually become a part of your life, those states of consciousness.
0: Okay, yeah, just, you know, for our listeners and everything, and and for myself, I just wanted to clarify what that meant, you know, the not ordinary um, state. And I was, you've talked about some of the benefits of breath work. But are, are there like two or three or four that you that you feel like, yes, this is this is what people need when they're doing breath work that will help them?
1: I would say the biggest one for me is building trust and confidence so that we can allow the intuitive self. To lead Right. If we were all in touch with that intuitive self, how much easier would life be? Better choices, better partners, better careers, all of that. And whenever we're working with um, trauma or blockages or things in the subconscious, we break those those negative patterns and cycles that are playing out in our lives and create a greater connection with ourselves, first and foremost, which then creates a greater connection with the people around us. And of course, clarity on your life path and mission, like what is what is your purpose in life? And it doesn't have to be a business or, or a job, it could be about family and children or but what is that for you and getting more clarity and aligned with that?
0: Yeah, I think I think the clarity, you know, for a lot of people is really hard to come by because there's so many and I'm going to use myself as an example, there's I have so many interests. It's it's like, okay, get clear Cindy, which path are you going?
1: Yeah, I mean, we live in incredible times like from from the advent of the internet it's it's almost like there are too many options now, right? Like you can you can be anything. You can do anything you want. You can focus on anything you want. So the only way for us to really narrow that down is to get in touch. You know, we could sit there and flip through, you know, quizzes online or or anything online and say, Oh, do I wanna do what they're doing? Do I wanna do what but if we wanna find true fulfillment, that's gonna come from us getting in touch with that deeper intelligence within us, that more of our spirituality in touch with that and getting, you know, the messages and the knowing. So then we, oh, yeah, of course, that's what like when people do breath work and they have mystical experiences, myself included, you never like, wow, that was like, completely unexpected. It's like, oh, right, somewhere way deep down inside. I knew that like, that was, that was familiar to me. I knew it. But it takes these things from being sort of shadowed or blurry or off to the sides, and it brings it right into your current state.
0: So what do you wish, like everybody understood about not only just breath work, but the type of breath work that you do?
1: I would say the most important, and I say this lovingly, I'm a certified yoga teacher. This is not your yoga teacher's breath work. This is something different. It's just different. There are benefits to pranayama. I do pranayama. I do my yogic breath work and I use it for what it's for. This is something different. And I think the most important thing to know is that we all have trauma. So my story is, for some people, it's very intense. Like I worked with um, a client who had come to me. I was specifically focusing working on women, working with women on childhood trauma. And she came to me and she said, I have severe debilitating anxiety. She's like, I I could get myself to work, but I just quit my job and said, I'm not going back to work until I get rid of this anxiety. She had panic attacks, anxiety. And she's like, therapists have told me I have trauma, but I don't, I had a good childhood. I don't, I mean, everybody has a little bit of stuff in their childhood, but she's like, I don't have, I don't have abuse like you. I don't, I don't, I don't have that stuff. And. We talked a little bit about her anxiety and like when it started. And then I brought her into one of these altered states of consciousness and we worked on it. And it was something so simple for it was I'm talking this was 30 years of debilitating anxiety that therapists, medications, nothing was helping her. And in a half an hour of being in an altered state and working on it, it's gone. And I still speak with her. This was like two or three years ago. Still no anxiety. And all it was, was that when she was about seven, someone got sick. I think it was her mom, but it wasn't a trauma. It wasn't life threatening. It wasn't cancer. It wasn't a car accident. Somebody had to go to the hospital. And in an effort to like not freak her out, the adults didn't tell her what was going on. So she found herself sitting in her bed by herself at seven years old, freaking out about what the heck is going on you know we don't have cognitive ability at seven to reason that out so her her whole nervous system and her whole psyche were stuck in this panic mode since she was seven years old and all we did was go in and work on and resolve that memory and what work on with that inner child just like I went back and I w- lived through and worked on my abuse in the breath work. We went back and we worked on when anything, there's a acronym for the symptoms of or the experience of any trauma that we have that's considered a trauma. There's big T trauma, like physical abuse, sexual abuse, and there's little T trauma. Like this is a little T trauma. Nobody's life was threatened, but it was, it was still a trauma. And the acronym is UDIN. It's Unexpected. It's dramatic. you feel isolated, and you have no resources. So of course, this seven year old kid's in the bed by itself, that there is experiencing all of those things. So all we did was we resolved by going in there and working with the seven year old child in this altered state, we resolved those four things. No longer isolated and alone because we're there. We brought resources with us. Now you've got resources. That's it. Half an hour. No more anxiety after 30 years. Wow. Okay. So I think the most. Go ahead.
0: Oh, no, I, I was just saying, wow, that's amazing. You know, that in 30 minutes to take care of 30 years of anxiety.
1: It's crazy. It's it's absolutely incredible. We know that. You know how they say that we only use like five percent of our brain. It's not even our brain. It's our consciousness, and these are the aspects of our consciousness that we benefit from tapping into. And we all have traumas. Um, like I said, she didn't think she had a trauma because you know it wasn't what we would think of as quote a trauma, and even. The pre-birth and birth process with this breath work, people are, and I've experienced this. People have gone back and into the womb, and sometimes it's a beautiful experience in the womb, um, and sometimes it's not, depending on what your mother, what was going on with your mother and her emotions and at that time. But no matter what, actually, like so, we're we're in the womb and it's this we're surrounded by water it's this safe place we're still we're definitely still connected to spiritual energy to a very high degree and then all of a sudden stuff around us starts squishing us and moving us and forcing us out of again we're back to it's a it's a a death and a birth not just a birth because the experience that we were having in the womb before that dies away and we're born into this life, even though we live through the process. So even that is a trauma that people have been known frequently to go back into during these breathwork sessions to heal that aspect, to the point that there have been experiences where people were pulled out of the of their mother with four snips. And the people after the breath work who go through this healing experience wind up with bruises on their physical body where the force snips were. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we all have, um, we all have trauma and it gets healed in these, it gets worked on and resolved in these altered states. And that, you know, we all have an inner intelligence that knows how to guide us in to doing that. Like I, I hold the session, but while, while you're on your journey, it's you and your higher intelligence. It's not me doing anything. So could you just,
0: and I'm, and I'm kind of going off track here, but this is so interesting. So could you kind of just like talk about what happens in a session? Sure.
1: Sure. So sessions are approximately two hours long. The first 30 minutes is discussion. Um, I I have slides. We talk about what what to expect. Um, We talk about all all the different aspects of what to expect. We go over the breath work and how to actually do it because you're going to be doing it. Even though I'm going to do it with you and lead you into it, you're going to be off on your own after that. So we spend about 30 minutes going over all of that and what to expect and any questions that you have, all of that. And then you wear an eye mask and headphones and I play music for approximately 50 to 60 minutes. So it's approximately an hour. So I talk you into relaxation, then into doing the breath. It's a faster, deeper breath work. So we kind of go from Your body is relaxed, but then we speed up the breath. And then I sort of, I start the music and I let you go. And you go on the journey. The music takes you on a journey. The breath work takes you on a journey. You go into that space on your own. I'm muted at this point. I'm holding space for everyone. And you stay in there for about an hour. The music starts off very, very fast because you're starting with a faster, deeper breathing. And the music, like I always instruct people, to keep the music as loud as you can without having distortion or damaging your ears because the music is a huge part of it. And then towards the middle of the playlist, it starts to slow down a little bit. And then the last couple of songs are songs of integration. They're much slower. They bring you kind of back down and into your body. And then I talk you back out of that and we turn the music off And then there's a sharing circle. And most of the time people, because it's such an incredible experience to witness these aspects of your own consciousness, people are like, I don't know if raw or vulnerable is quite the right word, but it's in that neighborhood so there's not a lot of it's not coaching like I don't put my ideas on you like you just visited your God self, you know, I allow you to hold yours, but there's a a sharing circle that's very integrating, whether you decide to share your yourself and talk about your experience, or you just listen to other people, it helps you integrate your process. So that's about a half an hour as well. So that's what the sessions look like.
0: and. In- can you also use that type of breath work for, I'm going to say, self-care? Or is it really more for, I'm going to say, the big T and the little T trauma? Versus- it's
1: definitely um, for all of the above. Definitely oh. for self-care. Um, there's always like questions we have in life or even just like for me, one of, because it doesn't work. You don't get into those non-ordinary states unless you can let go. So at the beginning, it's a practice of surrendering. Like your, your conscious mind wants to think it wants to control. Like that's just where we are on the planet at this time as humans, our mind wants to latch on and control and know where we're going and, and you have to let go of that in order to kind of get swept into these mystical experiences. So for me, one of the greatest aspects of the practice is that learning to trust. And it's, it's so easy in our day to day life. To get pulled out of that, there's a you go on social media literally for two minutes and you've got 20 other people's ideas getting stuffed into your brain. Like that's bringing you farther and farther away from surrendering to your own intuition and your own higher self and all of that stuff. So even just that alone as a regular practice, it's not always um, about trauma. It's not always intense. Sometimes you're meeting past loved ones. Sometimes you're meeting just like... I've had this experience. I've heard a lot of other people talk about like this beautiful like mother or goddess energy. Like these are words we throw around a lot right now in our culture, but but when you actually experience it as an energy that is there with you, it's a it's a, it opens things up in your life. And so sometimes you're clearing things out and sometimes you're connecting with things and sometimes you're just getting into that space with you.
0: Mm. And I, I love that you just said that sometimes just get into that space with just you, because as I talked about in the introduction, you know, it's really the inside, you know, where all the transformation happens, not on the outside.
1: Believe me, I tried to make it the outside. You know, I moved to New York, I changed jobs, I became a yoga teacher, like I did everything I could in until you know, life, the universe, my higher self, whatever you want to call it, went I guess we're just going to take all of that away from you and make you homeless so that you can see that it's none of that and you have no choice but to work on the inside. And it is, it's all about, it's all about the inside. Like, it's crazy. Everything else in your life starts to shift. Like all that stuff that you hear, like, oh, magic and everything in your life. And we're all connected. Like that stuff becomes reality when you work on these deeper levels of yourself.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Rosemary, what is, because our time is, is flying by, what is the biggest surprise you've had in the last few months and why?
1: For me, the biggest surprise was I actually moved on New Year's Eve. <clears throat> and um, the building that I was living in went up for sale. And the universe loves to just be like, it's time for it. Speaking of seasons, it's time, it's time for a new season. Whoop, you're shifting. Um, and it sold in two days and I had 30 days. I found out like the day before Thanksgiving that I had 30 days to move. Um, so it was a little bit of, you know, craziness. Um, but i shifted into a you know of course a place where i'm happier and i like it better and it's nicer and all of that stuff but that was that was my biggest surprise in the last couple of months
0: yeah that is a surprise when you realize oh i got 30 days to find something new right during the holidays
1: <laughs> luckily i've been like in conversation with like I call it universe, with universe for many years now. So I'm like, okay, you're up to something. So I'm just going to fly with this.
0: (laughs) Well, Rosemary, what would you thank your 18-year-old self for?
1: (sighs) Probably two things. Knowing, being smart enough, To see when those memories came up, the magnitude of that and what that meant. I didn't have the words for it then, but understanding like on a psychological and consciousness level... You know, for years after that, with everything I went through, there were doctors who were like wanted to put me on drugs. The state wouldn't help me when I was homeless because I wouldn't take drugs. And that all came from because my 18 year old self knew, like instantly knew, oh, my God, there's stuff locked in there. This is what I need to do so that she was smart enough to know that and to hold that and not sell out her truth ever in, on her path. That's, I would say that's the biggest thing.
0: And that's something to to thank a younger person for, because they may not have known, which most of us don't at 18, that they were actually going to be saving your life.
1: Yep. Yes. So I think about her all the time. Very grateful for her. So can you tell our
0: listeners where to find you, your social media, how they can work with you, everything about Rosemary?
1: Sure. Um, so, so one thing is I'm slowly um, removing myself a bit from social media. So the website is the best place to find me, which is theworldwomb.com, Um There's a free trial there. If anybody wants to try a breathwork session, they can go and sign up for a free trial. And um, you can learn a little bit more about me and read up about that. You can find me on social media under Rosemary Bracco, but I don't spend a ton of time on social media.
0: Thank you so much for being a guest. I really do appreciate this.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. I would love to hear your favorite part of the conversations. Recently, I had someone tell me they loved the podcast, but they didn't know how to leave a review, so I'm here to help. This is how you leave a review on your iPhone open Apple podcast app, tap the search tab in the lower right corner of the screen, search for Exploring the Seasons of Life and tap the blue search key at the bottom right. Tap the album art for the podcast and on the next screen scroll down to the bottom of the page and tap on Write a Review. If you're not already signed into iTunes you'll be asked to enter your iTunes password to log in. Then you'll be able to rate on a five-star scale. Tap the stars to leave a rating. You can also leave a review without leaving a rating, but honestly, the rating is so important. I read every comment and they make my heart smile. Until next time, live inspired.